Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Niners Talk. As always, I'm John, joined by my brother, Tim, and my brother from another brother, Niner. That surf just never gets old. (laughs) Brian, it just doesn't stick. (laughs) Let's talk a little Niners. How are we feeling today, boys? I thought we were going to talk about the billionaire cage match between Elon Musk and Zuckerberg. No, we don't. No? Those guys more press. Okay, that sounds good. Maybe we can make a prediction at the end of that. Since we don't do predictions on football, I do think that billionaire cage match is something all of us have wanted to talk about for several years now. We'll make a prediction on that. Anyway. It's nerds pillow fighting. I thought, we were, <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were going to talk about the cruise ship that crashed into San Francisco Harbor this week. I didn't, um, oh, was that, I did not hear about that. I've been not catching up on my news, at least not that kind of news. I, I don't know if it was Princess Cruise or Carnival, but it was on its way up to Alaska. And I guess the, I don't know if the Harbor Master was pulling the boat into one of the harbors where it docks and then it crashed. Mm-hmm. And then there's a hole now in this Princess Cruise. And so it can't go up to, it probably can't go up to Alaska anymore. I'm going to guess. So. You just um, got sure. those pre-dinner drinks just get out of hand and too many margaritas and look what happens. Well, given the Titanic was in the news recently, yeah. you don't want to have holes in ships. Well, well we don't. <laughs> Speaking of holes, I think we've dug ourselves into a hole with this yeah. top, with these topics. So, so John, why don't you dig us out when we can talk about the 49ers? Well, let's talk Niners. So now that we've covered how we're feeling in general, how are we feeling <laughs> about the Niners? At this point in time, we're getting close to training camp. How are we feeling? We are just a few days away from training camp. Rookies, I think, are going to report on the week of the 16th, and then the vets come in. And you know what? We're also less than 30 days away from the first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game. So right. it's on the horizon, it's getting closer. I think, right. how am I feeling? I'm just feeling like football is coming. It'll get here. It'll get here. Kind of like a long road trip, but you're going to get there. Brian? I'm feeling positive. I guess there's not really much to talk about with the Niners other than training camp, but yeah, I'm feeling good. Well, I'm feeling pretty good about the Niners. It was one of those weeks that just wasn't that great. So, But I'm feeling good about the Niners, and that's what this podcast is about. Not John's troubles at hitting a golf ball straight. It's it's called Niners Talk. So that'll be this week. We're talking defense. Big D. Last year, they were number one. This year, they got a lot of people back, but there are some changes, most notably at defensive coordinator. So let's just talk generally real quick about the D. I had said in the previous podcast that I thought the D wasn't going to be as overpowering as the offense. Just from what I can see, the offense has so many weapons, but I never got the sense. It was weird last year. They were the number one defense, but you almost get the, you didn't get the sense that they were like the number one defense because there wasn't like a guy. I mean, Fred's kind of the guy, but there was not like a guy like Micah Parsons or, you know, what the Eagles kind of did, but they were just so efficient. 
almost the way, best way to put it. So this year, I'm just, I'm a little more hesitant on the D than I am on the offense. What about, what are you thinking, Tim? I think when you talk about dominant defenses in the history of the NFL, obviously the 85 Bears is one of the first that comes to mind. You think of the great Steeler defenses of the 70s. You think of the Raven in early 2000s. I don't think we just, we see a dominant defense anymore. I think the rules have changed. I think the game has changed so that when you're talking about a number one defense, I think you are talking about efficiency. I think you are talking about a collective group rather than, as you said, a Micah Parsons or a Lawrence Taylor back in the day. I just think the game has changed. And plus, I don't think the 49ers on defense have that one personality that the media just kind of walks to. I mean, Bosa, we've seen him interviewed. He's very quiet. Fred will usually have something to say. You'll see his, he does his talking on the field. So I just think that's where we're just in a different game than we are 10, 20 20 years ago. So that dominating defense, I think it's all about efficiency. You give your offense short fields to work with. You limit the opportunities of the offense as best you can. So I just think that's where we're at. That's my two cents. Brian, what are you thinking? Just in general about the defense. With the addition of Steven Wilkes, it'll be, I mean, obviously, I think he's a, like a safety or defensive backs coach. So I think you're going to see some, a lot of improvement there in working with those young guys. I do think overall, though, the defense, you're right, it probably was a step behind last year, although they were still pretty dominant. But they weren't like the level, I think, that Kyle Shanahan wants them to be. So I remember hearing something about that in some, like, presser over the once the, se- once the season ended that the defense wasn't like as dominant as it could have been probably since the 2019 season so i think they're looking to get back to that and i think with these and i think they'll come too well i think the idea because i mean obviously they're the number one d and this kind of gets us into our next subject is in 2019 there were just a it was just a sack monster in terms of how many, like, Armstead had 10, Bosa had, I think, 12 in his rookie year. You had Buckner. I mean, that defensive line and Ford, before he got hurt, was playing pretty well. They just went out and beat up quarterbacks like Mayfield and Aaron Rodgers. And it was just, that I think is the, what I'm looking at is like, wow, that defense was scary. You're talking about two pretty, Awesome defenses. And I just think that's where I, it gets a little bit off where you have that sack mentality that wasn't there last year. Well, they had a ton of picks and great linebacker play. But anyway, let's get into D-line. Obviously, the man is Bosa. Last year, I did the Bosa challenge that I made up <laughs> completely on the fly, which was every time Nick Bosa got a sack, I would run the total that he had for the year. I went, obviously, it was really easy the first week. He had one sack. I ran one. <laughs> towards the end and of it. Towards the end of it. Grass. <laughs> he was on a nice, steady. You get one, they get another. And we got up to like one and two. We were up to six and seven. And then he had a three-sack performance where I think he went for 11 and a half to 14 and a half. When I went, I ran 14 and a half miles. I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> and, I, and I really hope that Nick Bosa keeps stacking people. But this year, I'm going to give it one more try. See how far I can get. 
see how far Nick Bosca can get. It's obviously it gets pretty tough in the November, December time frame. Tim did one with me. I did the 10 miler, but yeah, it was a 14 and a half miler. It's not a lot of fun. I mean, obviously- I'm just thinking if you want to do, maybe you could trade out mile for something else. I don't know what that is. We could do kilometers. We could go to the metric system. Well, let's start with miles. <laughs> and if I need to pull the metric system in, I will. No, I, li- I like the kilometers. I just, I'm going to save the line that John went European on us at some point. When okay. he decides, that, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> getting on back on the subjects, obviously defensive player of the year last year. Yep. 18 and a half sacks. Yep. Really, obviously an amazing person. One thing on Bosa, we just hope and pray and like handles on us. He doesn't get hurt. Uh, he's yep. been really durable, except for that freaky accident on the field of horrors that is the Meadowlands. But I'm just really curious because he always comes back a little bit better. What yeah. he could possibly be better at, but just don't know. Maybe gets 20. Here's the one statistic I found. It was just on pro football reference. And we talk about his sacks, but according to pro football reference, he had 48 quarterback hit. The only guy that's close to this, again, according to pro football reference, was a Menahu, who had 16. So 48 times he hit the quarterback. I don't think I'd want to get hit by Nick Bosa, but I'm sure that there are players out there who have been hit by Nick Bosa multiple times. I'm sure it's not one, but that no. was the statistic that blew me away. That's the kind of pressure this guy gets. And that's once in a generational defensive player. While getting double teamed. Exactly. So, and probably Brian, held several times. Yes. Brian, any other platitudes from Mr. Bosa? He's awesome. He is a generational talent, but I, aren't they looking to re-sign him? That's something that that's 49er fans. I, I can assume he's just going to get signed and we don't have any issues. We'll keep on buying his Nick Bosa jersey, but I just hope that there's no issues there. Do you guys think he'll make more than, let's say, like an Aaron Donald or something like that? Isn't an Aaron Donald the highest paid? defensive player in the league? Personally, yes. I think he's worth more than Aaron Donald. I think the Rams, if you were to look at that situation, are just in salary cap hell right now. I think both players mean so much to their team. But I think just Bosa's just got overall, much more overall talent on the defensive side of the ball. The way that the GM, John Lynch, and Brog Mathe, who have constructed the deals over the last few years... They've just been consistent in getting players resigned with Debo last year. So I think Bosa's going to get his money. I would say it's going to be happening sometime in training camp of the preseason. He's obviously not going to play much, if at all, in the preseason. So I don't see any, we haven't heard anything from either side saying we're going to hold out for this or that, or you have to do it this way. So I'm pretty confident they're going to get a deal done. Yeah, their well was right before training camp. And it'll be, I'm thinking it's probably going to be a little bit like TJ Watt money. I think Bosa also just wants to win. He wants to continually be part of this team and realize that, hey, if I take a bit of a haircut, I'm still going to get paid generational wealth. He doesn't seem to have any entourages or anything like that. You barely hear from the guy. He's like a football monk almost. Yeah. So I just think he's, they're going to sign him. He's going to be a Niner for a really long time. And that'll be that. Where it gets interesting on the D-line is, Who's the compliment to him? And obviously they're still paying. I think there's still mm-hmm. salary cap stuff on D Ford. There D is. Ford was obviously the, yeah. the one they had looked to do, but who's going to be that guy on the end that is going to 
make people think, okay, if we double team Nick Bosa, we're going to have issues with this other guy. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I think it could be Drake J- Jackson. It could also be Eric Armstead. If first they're able to get Hargraves in the middle and move Armstead out more to his traditional role of defensive end and find somebody else who can play in his spot in defensive tackle, that might be a pretty lethal turbo group that you kind of see is how Corsaric moves these guys around. But I really like to see Drake Jackson take that next step in year two. But Brian, who are you thinking might what happened on the D-line that frees Nick Bosa up to wreck havoc and make me run miles? You are bringing up Drake Jackson's, and I was thinking about him that he's probably going to have to step up big time. I think his rookie year, he was there, but he wasn't. I think he got hurt a little bit. And so I do want to see him kind of produce. And I think the staff has a confidence in him. And I, I think so who's backing him up? I think who's that other guy? I can't remember. Carrie, Kerry Hyder? He's backing up that side. So he's a veteran. He's I think Kerry is more in the middle. He's played some deep. He's, he's played some defensive ends yeah. as well. The Niners, I mean, I know we, we always like to talk about, okay, Bosa will be on the end with the, where he's most dominant, but in defense coordinators past, they've really shuffled these guys around to keep the, the offensive line and the quarterbacks, I guess, as well. They don't want to know. They don't want you to know where they're coming from. They don't want you to know if they're going to stunt. So I think we also have to keep that in mind that they're, it's constantly in flux, which is, it's, which is exactly the way the 49ers want it. Yeah. W- which kind of brings us to our big time free agent signing, which I was stunned at that the Niners went out and did, which is Hargraves, which they plucked right out of Philadelphia. My first thought was, I really feel for DeForest Buckner. But my second thought was, that's a really good signing me. Because I watched him in the NFC Championship, and it's really good. In the He's best. a force. He is a force. He is a force. And that move, I thought, was a little bit of pushing chips in the middle, but it really is might be where we see the 2019 defensive line kind of come back to the way it was when now you have Bosa, who's way outside of his rookie year or in year four or five, like blew you lost count at this point with him. Armstead's obviously back, Hargrave, and then you just hopefully find that missing piece, which could be Greg Jackson. But Tim, what were you thinking on the Hargrave signing? Well, like you, I when the alert came up across on my phone, I kind of was like, wait, we're, we got that guy? First of all, it was like, am I reading this correctly? Is this a prank? And then the second thing was, how did they pull that one off? So it says to me, obviously, two things. One, the 49ers recognize, 49 organization and coaches recognize that we did have a problem. And the, if there was a weak point in the Niners defense last year, it was in the middle. And goes to confirm that, unfortunately, Javon Kenwai is just, they don't have the confidence that he's ever going to be the player that he thought they thought he was going to be when they drafted him with the uh, DeForest Buckner uh, trade. But I think going back to, I'm about to contradict myself here. I know I just said the 49ers, they like to have the players in flux when they're shuffling them in and out. But if you look at that line of Bosa, Armstead, and Drake Jackson, if he can make the jump over, and now the, you know, their latest free agent site, that is a formidable group. We know the Niners love to hoard defensive linemen. So keeping those guys fresh and rotating them, uh, and maybe you bring in a hider, maybe you give a series off just to catch his breath. I mean, that's precisely the philosophy 
that the 49ers have had ever since Lynch and Shanahan came in is to have this depth on the defensive line. You keep the pressure on the offense. As I said before, make them get the three and outs that gives your offense a great field position. They're just playing the they're playing the odds on that one. And the Niners have been consistently competitive. So that philosophy obviously has worked. Yeah, Brian, what are you thinking about the Hargrave when you saw the Hargrave signing? No, that was awesome. I was just in the same situation you did. I was I didn't believe it at first, but no, it was awesome to see that we got in. You guys talking about spelling Bosa. Didn't the Niners picked up they've been talking about this on KMBR out here, but there was a guy, Cleveland Farrell, that guy from the Raiders. So mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He was probably he's, yeah, he was like, he was in that same draft with Nick Bosa. I think he dropped down. He was. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. nobody does reclamation projects like Clarisco Sarek. He'll just scream at you enough until you become a reclamation project. Yeah. To get a, a first round pick from 2019, that's. Yeah. It was two spots. Behind no, that could, so. that, that, that definitely could be a sleeper. Good. That could be a diamond in the rough that just needs a better organization. We've seen that throughout the league. We've seen that in league history. No, I, I, that's a great point, Brian. I, well, I, I really like that pick as well. Well, to the Raiders. So. <laughs> Who's the guy we got from the Texans? Was that a Mehu? Sounds right. about right. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Is, no, I don't know. That was on my head. Where did Amenahue go to? Amenahue. Are we using the Google? Kansas Spell City. Bosa. I'm like, Kansas City. Oh, you made me right. Yeah, but I think we've seen that. Like, Charles Amenahue is one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And Lodgetown, but he was in the wrong organization. I think the other guy could be a very big replacement for him. Brian, when you said spelling Bosa, I was like, dude, it's B-O-S-A. I think I've seen um, you enough to know that it's spelled B-O-S-A. Yeah. So anyway, well, it's not just D-line, it's also linebackers. And that starts with the guy in the middle, Fred Warner. And watching SportsCenter this morning, apparently he's been ranked the top linebacker by all of his peers. Everybody says it's he's the dude. There's no doubt to me that Fred's the heartbeat of that defense. Uh, yeah. He's just gotten better every year. He's more confident. When Richard Sherman left, he really took over that role. I think he also has to give credit to K1 Williams when he was with the 49ers mm-hmm. in 19. I think Fred was in his second year. I think he really, yeah, definitely from Sherman, but I also think K1 had a lot to do with how he approaches the game, how he plays the game. Was it K1 Williams? Was it a different guy, the legendary guy whose name escapes you right now? Oh, probably it's escaping me too. It's just another thing we'll have to Google. Oh, it's Cole Alexander. Good oh. or We need to edit that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought K1, yeah, I thought K1 was like a defensive Excuse me. or something. Or like, you are absolutely right. And I apologize. I was getting my players mixed up. Yeah. We're talking oh, about that one's on me. Quarterbacks are now. I know we're I'm talking about Macri. So, <laughs> so. Since we know Fred's Boston. Yeah. And the pantheon of linebackers for the 49ers, would you put him above Patrick Willis or below? Oh, boy. Brian, do you want to go first? Yeah, I love Patrick Willis. So he's going to have, Fred Warner is going to have to be below him. I have Patrick Willis's jersey. I even bought it with this inch. It's not, it's not the cheap iron on. So he's got to be a step below in my mind. But I'm only saying that because Patrick Lewis is one of my favorite players. So that's fair. That's my biased opinion. 
That's a tough one for me. Patrick Willis was just a phenomenal linebacker who I think could hit you in the next week. Just some of the hits. Go back to the NFC Championship game against the Giants where he was just all over the field and he was just delivering blow after blow. I think he's just, as a linebacker, he was an absolute bully. You know, that was his domain. It entered at your own risk. But I think back to one play in the divisional playoff against the Cowboys, where I have never seen a linebacker cover a wide receiver 20, 30 yards down the field mm-hmm. and cover him well. Mm-hmm. And that's the athleticism that Warner has that I don't see Willis doing that. I'll give him a slight enough yeah, to front. Yeah. He, go ahead. Go ahead. He's not as stocky. Yeah. He's not as stocky as Patrick Willis. And so definitely he does have the ability. Yeah. To drift downfield and can cover like a receiver. I'll give him the ultimate test. Could Fred Warner cover Travis Kelsey? I don't know if anybody can cover Travis Kelsey, but I would like Fred in that matchup better than I would like against Wells. Then again, I think it's just the day game that we're playing to. Yeah, I'm going to give the nod to, to Patrick right now until Fred does something that we just haven't ever seen. But it's also, they're so different in terms of how the game's played now, that Fred, who's a smaller linebacker, really has to get on his horse to cover some of these guys and does a phenomenal job of it. And then also has to do so much, just a ton of stuff in terms of getting the defense to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. I was thinking, right. John, you know how like the game is a little bit different now. I think as Tim was saying, now that it was when like Willis and Bowman playing so let me ask you guys a question who do you think is more impactful willis and bowman as linebackers or greenlaw and fred warner i hate these questions i'll go first on that one if i were a running team i wouldn't want any part of willis and bowman if i were passing i would want willis and bowman all day long on the flip side of the coin if i'm a passing team I do not want to see Warner and Drake Greenlaw. If I am a running team, I can get past the defensive line. I may have a chance. <laughs> but we've been really fortunate to have those kind of duos. And I just really hope we can keep the duo going longer than Willis and Bowman have because they just Navarro got hurt so badly in the Seattle game. Tim, since uh, you hate these questions, yeah. No, you know what, John? I'm going to borrow your question and just say I'm going to I'm going to pl- completely plagiarize it and say you gave a perfect answer. I think that's uh, <laughs> spot on. So, but we did lose one linebacker, and who was honestly one of my favorites because he played with such a bandit. He came into the Niners. Uh, it's kind of a little bit of an unknown quality after he under- hurt his knee, which was Aziz Alshire. Yeah, and obviously. Thrilled for him to go to the Titans. He's going to get money. He's going to run their D. But obviously, who's going to take over Aziz's role? Because he was a great backup linebacker for Fred, but also great weak side linebacker as well. At first glance, I think it's Flanagan Falls. I think he's obviously, he's had uh, the experience in the system, knows it well. And this is also, we're also predicting that the 49ers are going to play a lot of 4-3. I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. I think the Niners are going to be employing more defensive back against these spread offenses, the offenses that the Rams like to run, like the, well, the Cardinals of last year. I don't know what their head, new head coach, but when Cliff Kingsbury being there, I wouldn't want a 4-3. I'd want the most, most athletic coverage folks I can get. 
but I do see planning on falls probably stepping into that role, that, that spot that Elsa year had the last year. Brian? I have no opinion because I really don't know the depth chart behind, behind those guys. <laughs> so I'll say yes, I agree with you, Tim. 100%. All right. I would not be surprised to see Warren Burks or one of these rookie practice squad guys come in. I, I mean, Demetrius is great. He's special teams ace. But I wouldn't be surprised to see someone who's been under the tutelage of Fred and Dre who comes in and is able to take that, that Aziz position. Similar to how Quan brought Fred up, Fred could bring another guy up. Which brings us into kind of a hybrid between cornerback and linebacker, which is another signing that happened about a guy that I didn't really know much about, but I think it's a good signing, and that's Isaiah Oliver. Obviously, we've had Quan Williams, who was our nickelback for a while. Not Quan. I just want want to be the guy who is able to differentiate between the two. Sorry, John. Please keep going. And then (laughs) Jimmy Ward last year filled in, but obviously Quan went off to Denver and Jimmy went off to the Texans with D'Amico. So that brings in Isaiah, who's a much bigger, more physical player. So it will be interesting to your point earlier of how the Niners play rather than playing 4-3, how they use this nickelback as potential hybrid linebacker. Thoughts, Tim? No, I like the signing. It sort of reminds me of a player the Niners had many years ago. He was a strong safety, but you could put him right up near the line of scrimmage, and he could definitely, like he was like, I think he was the first hybrid linebacker, and that was Jeff Fuller. And this individual reminds me a lot of them. Again, I see him kind of like on a third and three, a third and five. If you're going to run a screen, he's got the ability and, and a cognitive awareness to make the play when teams are trying to spread you out a little bit. He can cover the field well. So, yeah, I like the signing. I think he could be somebody you could also bring in maybe on a, a second and long on a blitz where he can line up or fake. I think he could basically pair very well with Hafanga. We've seen Hafanga come, mm-hmm. sometimes come in on a blitz as well. So I see a lot the Niners can do with this guy. There's a lot of just ex- exciting, creative ways that they can not only put pressure on the quarterback, but cover the field. Brian, any thoughts on uh, Mr. I, yeah, I mean, I, he came from, where was he on before? Didn't he play with Carolina to some degree, right? So I think. No, he, he was with the Falcons. But Wilkes knows him well because they're in the same division. Yeah, I think he's, I think it's a strong signing. I remember, I don't remember too much of the plays, but I think he was playing in that game when the Niners played the Falcons. And I remember seeing his name. That's my only kind of knowledge of him because he, yeah, they, he had a strong game that day when the Niners lost there. So yeah, I think it's a good signing. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, that kind of goes on to the quarterbacks. The last year's signing was obviously Moody Ward, but who I didn't know a lot about, but then when he started playing, this guy's yeah. really good. This guy could play. This guy could play. And we had him and Emmanuel on, on both sides. And unfortunately, Emmanuel went down the yeah. injury now is in Detroit. Which brings Lenore, who played very steady towards the end. But to me, and you guys are more than happy to disagree, this will probably be the weakest position group on defense. Because after that, you've got Ambry Thomas, Wilmack, and it's just like, oh, and then 
a league that's pass happy with receivers that yeah. burn. Yeah. Like, oh boy. So that's my big concern this year is how that cornerback room is going to do and grow. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too worried about Ward. Lenore, I saw a lot of growth, but uh, there's a big drop off after those two. Brian, your thoughts on the quarterbacks? One person who I wish could always stay healthy was that guy, Jason, with the Jason Barrett, who he looked yeah. like a, he looked like a talented, I mean, he still looks talented, but he just always seemed to get hit with that injury bug. And yep. it, it seemed to happen like early in the season or something like that. And then that's one guy I wish just, we could have seen him to his fullest potential and stay healthy with the Niners. But I think overall, like in terms of their kind of their depth charting who they have, so Lenore on one side and then was it Javarius Ward on the other. Really strong, I think, in terms of the starters. One person who I kind of wish I would love to see more because he had a really good game against the Rams in the last, was that the last game of the 20th season where he had that pick, Ambry Thomas. That's one guy also who I would love to see more of him. And I don't know if he was injured last year or if he was just outplayed kind of on the depth chart, but that's one guy I want to see kind of step up and show up a little bit more too. There. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on Thomas. I thought he made the play to beat the Rams in overtime at the end of the regular season in 2021. I think a lot of people were thinking, okay, he now has confidence. He's going to play with confidence. And to your point, Brian, I, the next year he came in and just yeah. did not take a step forward. There were other players that were surpassing him. And I think that just my own personal thing, I think that was one of the key reasons they brought in Ward. They needed a strong corner. I don't think the Fortnite have had a true shutdown. I think Ward is about as close as it gets, but I don't think they've had a true shutdown corner since Richard Sherman was here in 2019. That being said, I agree with you, John, that you know this was probably the weakest point of the 49ers defense. Yeah, I think that the Niners, again, going back to their philosophy, is they're going to load up on the D-line and to some extent the linebackers. But the D-line is really where they want to keep rotating people out and continue that pressure. Because when you get pressure, you get an air and a throw, you get a tip. And that's where I think they believe that they can be successful on defense, that they are able to apply that pressure. When they don't, I think if we go to kind of the asterisk here, as I call it, 2020, you see with the lack of a pass rush when Bosa was out with his ACL. Um, and they had lost others and it just, the Niners just couldn't seem to stop much of anything that year. So if the D line is successful, then the cornerbacks can hold their own. If the D line goes through injuries, I think we've got a long season on our hands defensively. Yeah. So yeah, the cornerbacks, hopefully you know, we'll see the preseason as that comes up, some step up with that group. Well, I just, it's just, we'll see what happens. Position group which is safety and probably actually one of my favorite players on the Niners is mm. Talanoa Hufunga. I love Talanoa Hufunga. He plays with his hair yeah. on fire and you can actually see it because he's got such long hair. He <laughs> just is he's he's a foot on bump. <laughs> yeah. Has such a nose for the ball. Just goes and whacks people around. Even in the preseason game, he laid out some poor cowboy last year. He is just, he's great. And then you've got Gibson, who's probably going to be his last year. And then the new rookie, Brown. Yeah. 
John, yeah. I think I need to say that the hair on fire joke was probably the best joke of the entire podcast series thus far. So I think that we need to commend you for the hair on fire because the Fonga has long hair. I just got it. Okay. Well, I thought the boat spelling Bosa was pretty good too. So. <laughs> but yeah, he is my favorite player on the night. It reminds me so much of Paul Malu. He just goes out there and just plays. Yeah. Looks like he's having a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. So, As you said, John, we watched them, I think, in the first preseason game of 2021. I believe. Yeah, I think it was against the Cowboys. We just saw, we saw this guy just flying around the ball. And we're like, who's that? Um, and he's kind of in and out of the lineup. But then it's the divisional playoff. They're in Green Bay. There's the block punt. And who picks it up? Mavonga. Mm-hmm. And then you go to last year. They're playing the Rams. Pivotal game for the Niners. They needed the win as they were struggling. Niners are up eight. It's late in the fourth quarter. Stafford throws, and who's there? The Fonga. Like I said, he's just got a nose for the ball. I think he just got great instincts. And Niners just got a an absolute gem of a safety in that route. So another yeah, absolutely a lot of fun. Yep. There's, there's something about that round. I think that's when the Niners... Yeah. When they were drafting this year, I was like, oh, don't worry. We pick up so many people in those <laughs> rounds. We'll be fine. Who needs the first yeah. and the second? We've got the third, the fourth, and the fifth. So, uh, so they don't want to pay. They don't want to pay first. They want to, I mean, they're all their money well, right now is going towards your skill players. So then they're not trying to pay first. And, money. and that is a great point because, yeah, the third rounders, when you start in third round, you're paying them less. You've got more maneuverability against the salary cap. So I know we're supposed to be talking about safety. So John, if you want to bring me back, I tend to go off on these little different directions right. and you guys have to we'll let, corral we'll me. We'll let Brian give his thought about safeties. We should. Yes. I, other than Gibson and Fonda, I think, yeah, I think the starters are absolutely awesome. I think Gibson provided what some insight and leadership and guidance to Hafanga. So I think he's playing a whole lot better. I think Hafanga also is, is it Palomalu, Troy Palomalu? He's giving him... Mm-hmm. He's, Advising him as well, right? Yeah. And they both went to US. I've, yeah, 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 the so, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I'm absolutely just like you guys, ecstatic for the both of them. And I hope Gibson can give us some of the quality here and we can win something for him over here. So, so I'd love to see that. So, Tim, this is an interesting question because I've never, I've probably seen it, but I don't really remember it. Would be if the Niners do start using a three safety set, which I, they've mm-hmm. talked about a little bit. Mm-hmm. What what does that exactly look like? Does a quarterback come off the field? Does a nickelback? Like, could be either. And I think that's when you get somebody like Hafonga, he can sort of play that hybrid linebacker role. So if you need somebody, and, and Fred can easily cover either a tight end or the slot receiver. So, yeah, no, there's a lot of different things you can go to in the, in the three safety set there. So it's just depends on how you want to line them up. You can line up with a three down lineman, kind of a, an elephant linebacker, if you're kind of rolling the uh, the defensive line, your two two linebackers in the back. So, and yeah, and then maybe five DBs, and they could be a combination of corners and safeties. So I think it's about protecting the, the kind of the middle, deep middle, or excuse me, it's kind of the mid to deep middle on the field there, which is where... I think a lot of teams like a, a Seahawks with Adams and their other wide receivers I like to go to. So that's a possibility. You kind of raised the, the point, a little bit of a segue to our next subject, which would be the defensive coordinator. But obviously the Niners on the offense have this kind of skillless mentality or like you like basketball, positionless basketball. 
I will be really interested to see how Steve Wilkes deploys some of these guys other than the D line and some of the linebackers who are always going to be in like, like Fred in this positionless kind of hybrid roles of D because if you're a quarterback and you have to literally go up there and go, okay, who are all these, where are they all going? Yeah. I think it's going to be tough, especially as Wilkes maybe bringing in a lot more pressure from the edges on guys like Oliver and Brown and Bunga. Yeah. It's going to be, I, this defense could be really interesting to watch and a little bit different than we've been used to under D'Amico and Robert Sala. So, which brings me to, to the defensive coordinator, which is Steve Wilkes. I thought it was a good hire. I, there didn't really feel to me there was a guy in the wings after Sala left and after D'Amico left. Uh, so I was glad that they got Steve Wilkes, who obviously has a lot of experience and they still kept, uh, Obviously, he interviewed with Corsaric. He's he's that guy at the D line. So I'm really curious to see how he's going to deploy them. I think we'll see a lot more blitzing than we have seen in the past from the Niners. Brian, no, what do you think, Mister Wilkes? Yeah, I think he proved himself because he wasn't he the interim coach at Carolina, and he was. Carolina had like a really yeah he had a really good. They had a really good end of the season after, I can't remember their first coach, but he got, when he got canned. So yeah, I think it was a good hire. I don't think they were ready to bring anyone in house. I don't think there was someone apparent like D'Amico Ryan who was going to step up, but yeah, good hire from what I can see. He's saying all the right things. And I think they're probably going to change a few things around on the defense, but I think overall, I think it'll be good. I think one thing I read also was that not like, unlike D'Amico, and Robert Sala, he's going to call the game up from up top. So, yeah. oh, that's you know, so right. He has a bird's eye view. Yeah. yeah. He still has a bird's eye view of the game, probably a different added, attitude and trying to, I guess, look at the game more holistically and not be so, I guess, emotional if you're kind of sitting on the sidelines calling games. But yeah, that'll be something interesting too that we haven't seen in a while to have someone call the game up there. So. Yeah. Like, like Fangio used to do. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, what are you thinking about Mr. Wilkes? Well, I mean, I, I like the hire. Like you said, John, I don't think the hires looked at their current coaching staff and said, okay, here's the next man up that they did with Ryan. I think that he's going to come in. He's not going to, frankly, he's not going to reinvent the wheel. The, the Niners know the system they like. Otherwise, yeah, it, it, he's not going to come in and just say, we're going to do this and it's going to be a totally different animal than it has been the last few years. I don't see that. Yeah, I think it's very possible that he blitzes a lot more. I think he'll put his own spin on things. He'll do a few things, but it's not going to be night and day. But Brian bringing up a great point on that he'll be in the press box as opposed to on the field, which is something we haven't seen for, as you said, John, I think maybe since Fangio. I could be wrong, but it obviously, Ryan and Sala loved being on the field. So I think that also says the 49ers believe that they don't need kind of the guy right having those those face-to-face conversations. So they trust the organization. They trust the players they have down there and the coaching staff down there as well. So yeah, I think overall, just bottom line, they're going to continue the system. A couple tweaks here and there, but nothing, no 90 degree, 180 turns are going to happen with the Niners defense. It's going to be the same philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings me making our sponsorship dollars which is <laughs> stuff we bought on amazon this week so 
why don't we start with Tim? And obviously the links are going to be down below. But Tim, what did you buy on Amazon this week? Now, this is what I bought. And as it now, this is for family, right? This is not just for what I bought. Yeah, I'm just thinking that just, okay, okay. I, all right, just whatever. I didn't know if there were rules around this. All right. Well, this week is brought to you by, I see, this is what my daughter bought. I can't even pronounce it. Dive Yog Blackhead Peel Off Face Mask. <laughs> I kid you not. I come downstairs sometimes and I'm almost, I jump like, oh my God, you have a huge bug on your face or you have a black eye. No, it's this mask that she wears and it's supposed to do it. But not to say that's the only thing you can get. You can also go with Braley's aloe vera eye mask. So I got that, no, those two going for me. Which so that's mask? it? Just those two on Amazon this week? Oh, do you want me to go further? I just didn't know how much time we had. Well, if they're paying us by the hour, sure, I'll keep going. Keep going. Uh, Yeah, so so we've got the, I don't even know what this is, so I'm just going to skip it. We've got, we've got the low-dose aspirin. That was also, no, seriously. Okay, what is it? Okay, that's another facial. My daughter bought three facial masks on Amazon this week. No wonder her allowance is pretty much near the bottom. Yeah. So... Yeah, so this week is brought to you by, frankly, a lot of crap that I didn't know we bought, don't know how it works, and don't know why it is exists in my house. So with that, I just want to go to somewhere else. All right. Masks and low-dose aspirins. Masks and low-dose aspirins. Cool. Brian? I I didn't buy anything this week, but I know my wife also bought something similar to what Tim, to what what Leah bought. So that would be what the facial mask that the... Yeah, they want to have a spa day tomorrow inside the house. So I think they did buy a few of those things. I don't exactly know what it is, but I know it came in the mail. And some nails, something you put on your nails. I think we're just getting ready for our trip for Disneyland. But I myself bought a pair of New Brooks shoes, which is my favorite running shoe of all time. If you can kind of see this, but it's a black glycerin GTS. It's ability. Oh, you're glycerin good at Mm-hmm. which I will be wearing at the San Francisco Marathon in two weeks. So that is my nice. one big splurge this week, what I bought. Cool. John, what did you get? Well, I definitely went down kind of a weird rabbit hole of cleaning supplies. So um, I bought <laughs> the two-piece I, I, dry, go ahead. Two dryer vent cleaner kit that you can attach to your vacuum sucks out all the lint from your dryer vent. Yeah, it's a good. It helps prevent forest fire. I also bought John Boo's Mystery Butcher Block Oil because we have this island in the middle of our kitchen and we needed to get some oil to keep it nice and nice. Did not know that product even existed. That's what happens when you do wire cutter. You get all this stuff. I have a question. Then, because I have about Middle Island butcher blocks, do you, you actually put stuff on the butcher block set, or you put like a chopping board first on top of your butcher block? No, we put a cutting board on top of the butcher block. That's what I thought. Okay, okay, just wondering. I know some people who actually put stuff on there and chop it. So I just wanted the amount of stuff that's probably on there. Just when want to boost my immune system, I might do a dip. <laughs> what else you got, John? So I got an electric air pump for blowing up pool floaty tools. All right. So I, I think there's I, I one notable. 
Yeah, there's one notable trend. There's definitely the spa feature going on with the, my daughter and Brian's wife and his daughter. But there was also a definite cleaning theme with whether it's your face, whether it's your dry event. I think we definitely hit a vibe this week. And then last but not least, inspired oh, by Tim from last week, I bought a new Tesla air filter. And I was curious because Tim has been telling me sometimes the Tesla smells like old tennis shoes. I'm like, my Tesla never smells like old tennis shoes. So I went to put in the old air filter. I never had an air filter ever to smell like old tennis shoes. I would just stuck it in the outside air. <laughs> so now I have an air filter. Oh. So yeah, it was Amazon was here quite a bit this week. You never had an air filter before? You're Not in this car. Wow. Nope. Was never there. Just like, I'm, oh, that's odd. I'm surprised they never, I'm surprised they never installed it. That's kind of weird. So. I just know it wasn't she there. Just I, it's it. not one of those things I can look at my children and go, why did you take the air filter out of the car? Where <laughs> <laughs> headphones or a power iPhone power cord, I'd know exactly what it was. Yeah. So. Oh man, Elon Musk on... missed the quality. Elon Musk missed that. Yeah. Installing that air filter. Sure, he's out there just making sure he's got all the air filters in after he tweets. Uh, so, oh, what about anyway, the threads? On, Are you guys on, on threads yet? Yeah. And I, I checked, I checked it out. Threads as well. Okay. I don't know how they're going to justify that it doesn't look like Twitter when it looks exactly like Twitter. Like, like this looks like Twitter. Uh, okay, can we, before we go, I did ask at the beginning of the show because three favorite words of all of us is, Billionaire cage match. Who do you like between Zuckerberg and Musk? I'm going Zuckerberg. Can they build things? Because <laughs> if they can build things, they, they go with Elon. They build up their egos, John. They build up their egos. Are they allowed to hire other people to fight for them? <laughs> you're going, but you're thinking like Musk. You're going to the loopholes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I really gotta have to go Zuckerberg. I think he's just mean. <laughs> I think they're both right. mean, but I'm thinking, I mean, I'm hearing that Zuckerberg is the one who's actually trading. So he's doing all the training. I don't know. You don't hear about Elon Musk doing training. I mean, I, I, when I heard, I hear all about like Zuckerberg, he's done, what is it, jujitsu or something. And he runs, he's a fast runner. So I'm going to go with Zuckerberg. I think he's the guy. Well, on that note. This is hopefully that it will never happen. Training camp begins soon. Our next show will be on training camp, what we're looking forward to. So on that note, Niners talk, faithful nation. We bid you adieu. Thanks for listening to Niners Talk. Stay faithful.